Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 35, The Future of the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I have a big announcement. Um, You know, most podcasts have a sponsor, um, but we actually have a new owner. So from now on, it will be the AMC Stock Story brought to you by Robinhood. That's right. Robinhood has paid cash for the AMC Stock Story. I promise you nothing's going to change. We're always going to keep it real. Um, the only thing that, you know, I might add is, uh, you know, maybe if uh, AMC, you know, gets to 50, that's a good time to sell. And of course, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm curious, though, if I was ever approached, you know, you always hear these stories about uh, YouTubers or influencers and and everybody always starts spreading the rumor that, you know, oh, they got they got bought by a hedge fund. They got bought by a hedge fund. And uh, I'd be real curious here. You ever got that email? Um Somebody, you know, kind of inquiring about, you know, maybe purchasing your 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 entity or having you work for them. Um, you know, I don't know. That'd be that'd be uh, pretty crazy. Um, I don't know what you do. Whether you just ignore it, whether you go along with it, and then you know keep the receipts <laughs> and report it. Um, but I can I can assure you now, I do not work for a hedge fund. Um, and no, I'm joking. We're not owned by Robinhood. All right, but I will talk about the future of this podcast. Um, but before we talk about the future, I want to talk a little bit about the past because I have some kind of cool updates. Um, in, in the past, you've heard me talk about my Kickstarter project, the VELF. The VELF is a, an invention I came up with uh, last year. Um, it's a vertical Velcro shelf, and you put it on your wall, and you can, you can, if you want it, you know, one of the big questions I get from people or complaints is, I got to put Velcro on everything, and, and the truth is you don't, actually. You can you can create a um, uh, hooks, bins, you know anything you want, little shelf, whatever you want, and uh, to organize your items. 3M 3M command products you can adapt those for the VELF instead of ha- using the self adhesive tape. You just put a piece of Velcro on that, and the cool thing is now you can put that command product on any VELF you have. You know you can use it on one, take it right off, go put it on another. You use a command strip. You know there's really one use command strips you know use it one time you 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 gotta take it off now you can buy a new command strip with the velf you just put that one piece of velcro on and it's going to be able to go on any velf you have so i think it's a great little product listen you know i'm selling you not selling you um i'm just letting you know i talk about my life and stuff that i do so anyway i have the kickstarter going and I, I got another backer, and and the cool one about this is it is the it's they they the reward level that they picked was the um, AMC Ape 801 Velf Single Special, so they're gonna they, it's it's only eight dollars uh, plus shipping, and and so it's, it's just one you know Velf, but you know I wanted to have something out there for the AMC community. If you wanted to support it and you didn't have didn't want to buy a four pack, you could get this you know just one, and uh, I'll, I'll ship it out to you. Um, when with the Kickstarter goes, so now I am eighty three percent complete on my funding. I only wanted to raise two hundred dollars. That's it, and um, it, everything's off the shelf that I use to produce these. So I don't need a ton of money to get this going. Um, and I, the cool thing is, I you know 
I obviously have a Facebook page. I didn't put anything on my Facebook page for my friends and family to support this. I just put it out there, and I don't have a big um, social media circle. Uh, I do talk about it on this podcast, but other than that, it really is pretty small. So normally when you do a Kickstarter, you you want to develop a group before you launch. Um and I just didn't have time for it. You know me. I've talked about it. i got to do it now. i got to do it now. Why Why wait six months while you develop your group and then launch it when you can launch it right now, right? That's me. And, of course, it launched, and uh, nobody really backed it at the beginning. But gradually, um, I've got my fourth real backer now. One backer, they only backed it for a dollar, and they back every project for a dollar, which is nice of them to do. But I don't really consider that a real backer. But I have four. Uh, so Victor M., Justin B., uh, Thornson in Germany. You're awesome. He, Thornson, you know, it's funny. I set this up for just shipping in the U.S. And Thornson reached out to me and says, hey, you know, why not, you know, international shipping? I, you know, I'm in Germany. I, I, I like this. I want, I'm interested. So I set up the international package thanks to Thornson. And then Kenneth, who was the uh, the first uh, investor. So if any of you guys are apes um, out there listening and you, you went to the Kickstarter from the podcast and you backed it, I really appreciate it. Tons of thanks to you. Um, I'm only $35 away from reaching my goal. And it's the funding period ends on September 18th, 2021, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. It's on a Saturday. So... Uh, if you want to go to the Kickstarter, there's a link in the description of the podcast and check it out. Um, I just really need either you know one person to back the, uh, the with a four pack, or if you want, if a couple people do the, um, if a few people want to do the AMC 801 special, um, that that should cover. And then it's a funded project. Thing with Kickstarter is it's all or nothing, so you have to raise all two hundred dollars for it to be a go funded um, you know project. If if you raise one hundred and ninety nine dollars of your two hundred dollar goal, it's it's considered unsuccessful. You don't get any of the money, and the project just goes, you know, on the books is un, unsuccessful. So very close. Hopefully, we can make it. Um, and uh, I really appreciate everyone who who backed it. And it's just kind of a fun. It's funny, like the four pack. You could put one in four rooms, um, or you could put all four on your one. You could make one big kind of pad, or you know, spread them out a little bit. Like at my desk, I have a very small desk that I use, so I have two on the wall right now. And like one of the great things, I have all these little cords and adapters that I use for podcasting, um, and and other things with my computer. The little, you know, the little adapter. If you can want to use the old school headphones on your iPhone. And they give you that little adapter. You know, I'm constantly losing those. I put those on my Velf now. I can see where they are, and I don't lose them anywhere. They're no longer in the clutter. You, you know, you just kind of have to rethink how you use Velcro, how you organize things. Um, kind of like you had to rethink, you know, buying AMC stock, right? So check it out, the Velf on Kickstarter. There is a link for it. And uh, if you want to help support it, I would really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for listening to my sales pitch here on that. Um, another thing, I, I talked about one of the stories. If you listen to, um, I believe it is part nine, My Why. And I told the story of, uh, um, you know, bumping into Peyton Reed when I, when I was, I wanted to be, a, went to Hollywood in 1991 to be a writer, director, and uh, never worked out. But in the beginning, I graduated from the University of North Carolina. 
and um, a few years before, there was a group of UNC grads that you know were into filmmaking and went out. And I was fortunate that I knew someone that knew that group and was able to, you know, call them when I got to LA and meet with them. And they helped us kind of where do you, you know give us pointers. And and every you know once in a while over the years, we would bump into them occasionally at UNC alumni things, or some of us would play volleyball on the weekends. Um, but so I watched, one of the people was Peyton Reed. So at the time when I met him, he was doing behind the scenes videos for Forrest Gump and, uh, Back to the Future. And, you know, slowly I watched his career develop. Um, his, his big break came when, uh, he directed Bring It On, the cheerleading movie. And, uh, was, that was a surprise success. And then from there, uh, just had a, a terrific career as a, a director, um, and then recently he directed the season finale of, well, he directed Ant-Man. That was a big Marvel film that he did. Um, but he, he recently directed the season finale of Mandalorian season two, and uh, which was a surprise to me. I didn't know that. So when I saw his name come up at the end, it was really awesome and really, really proud of him. But I, you know, I bumped into him over the years at these UNC things, and he was always a very funny guy, very nice. I talked about this, that when you, when you meet him, he has this quality like Bill Clinton has that when you're talking with him, he makes you feel like you're the most important person, you know, that he knows that um, it, it's just this very, very engaging, funny person. Always awesome to meet him. And when I made the decision to leave uh, California and kind of put those goals and dreams behind me, I'd been out for a long time um, and uh, I was I did get a job working for Disney, which I loved for 13 years. Anyway, I was doing a tour of the Disney lot with my young son, <clears throat> James. He was he was um, about a little, little older than one. He's about one years old at the time. And I was holding him and walking him around and giving me a little tour. My wife was videotaping us doing the, the tour. I was videotaping it with him, however it was. Um, and just kind of showing, because I knew he was too young to remember it, so I could show him the video later. And on the video, I'm, I'm, I showed him the Ant-Man poster the, that was coming out that summer. And I said, oh, Daddy Daddy knows the man who directed this. His name's Peyton Reed. And we turned the corner, and there's Peyton on a corner. He was taking a break from doing post-production on Ant-Man. And it was awesome to see him. And I, I tell the story that, you know, I told them that, you know, hey, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Disney, and we're moving to Portland, Oregon. And he's like, oh, Portland, Oregon. I'm so jealous. <laughs> And uh, I, was, I, I got a kick out of that. Here he is on the verge of releasing a Marvel movie. And he was jealous of me for, you know, s sneaking out of ta town with my tail between my legs, going to Portland, Oregon. Um, but I actually was. It's really nice up here, and I love it. Um, but anyway, I, so I had a picture of this um, when we bumped into each other. I, uh, James and I took a picture of Peyton with the Ant-Man poster. So I posted that on Twitter. If you do hashtag um, AMC Stock Story, you should be able to find it. So hashtag AMC Stock Story, and you, you should be able to find it. Also, I did set up a Twitter account at AMC Stock, Stock Story, too. So if you want to follow the AMC Stock Story Twitter account, you can follow that at AMC Stock Story. You can also follow me at Russ Corey, R-U-S-S-C-O-R-E-Y. So there's two Twitter accounts if you want to follow those. Um, so those are the, the two kind of updates that I wanted to talk about. Um, so the future of the podcast, you know, it's funny, you know, when I got into this, um, one of the things that helped me take the plunge and get into investing in AMC was all the people that did YouTube clips 
and the Twitter posts and all the stuff that I was watching and this community. And it gave me confidence. And after I made that commitment, you know, I would go online and I would watch some of the people that were streaming live, whether it was Matt Kors during the day and then at night, you know, you'd you'd try to find someone um, streaming about it at night, especially early on in the early few days. I always, you know, talk about this as a movement or kind of like, a, you know, a battle or going into being on, in an army. And to me, it was like, hey, I got drafted into this or I volunteered for it and, you know, I'm a soldier and maybe I got guard duty or something or you're up late at night and you just kind of, you know, see some other soldiers and you're just kind of hanging out, talking about your life and, you know, what you, what you, how you think things are going to go. And I always remember those moments where you're in a, you know, you're someone's streaming and there's only a few of you on there. It's not like 3,000 people watching. You know, there might be 12. So you can make a comment and the person would, you know, react, react to it. Um, but I, I, I got a lot out of that. Now I had done, I've done podcasting for a while now. Um, and I have a, a somewhat successful podcast called the Stories for Kids podcast. And I say somewhat successful. I don't make a dime on it. <laughs> you know, I don't get any, I don't get paid for it. But it has an audience that kids listen to it every night. You know, kids always listen to these stories. And it, it means a lot. Now, I originally started a podcast called Before and After the Movie. So if you, like, look at the feed for this podcast, it, it that's still in there. The original podcast was before and after the movie and the 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 gimmick was it was a movie review podcast and i would review the f- the first half of the podcast would be my review of the movie before i saw it what i knew about it what i did i think i was going to like it or not like it and then i would go see the movie and then i would record the second half of the podcast after i'd seen it and did it how did i feel did it live up my expectations did it surprise me um, and I, I did a few of these. It didn't really catch on, didn't get many listeners. And it was kind of hard to do because sometimes I would see movies at the spur of a moment and I hadn't recorded the first half of it yet. So I honestly couldn't do the podcast. Um, one of the cooler things I did was, God, was it summer 2018? I think it was summer 2018 when I did, I did a special of, uh, four movies. I tracked four movies like Ready Player One, um, Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom, uh, Solo, and um, oh, there was one more, and I, I can't think of it. But I tracked all those movies to see which one. Oh, it was Avengers Endgame. That's it. This the I don't, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one. I think it was the first one. Um, and I and I was like, well, which one am I going to like best? And uh, and I did that, so that was fun. But it's just you know, it didn't take off when there's no audience, and you know, you do something for free. And there's no audience, you know, at a certain point, you, you kind of give up on it. Imagine if you're a musician and you're on a street corner and, you know, people are stopping and listening and maybe some people give you money, but at least people are enjoying your music and you, and you get, um, you, you get pleasure from that, that, Hey, you're entertaining people and I'm enjoying this. Okay. I'm not making a lot of money, but these people are into it. I love playing music and someone's appreciating it and that's good enough for me. If you're on that street corner and literally nobody is walking by listening to you play, you can sit there and say, okay, well, this is practice. But for all practical purposes, nobody is listening to you. You know, you could. So when I started this 
podcast. On Podomatic, it was ranked at like 16,000. There were 16,000 podcasts that were ranked higher than this you know, podcast that I had. I Eventually, I, I wrote some books and I made audio versions of those books. And you can listen to them for free, A Universe Apart and Zone. They're still on here. I may end up taking them off, but as of now, they're still on this podcast. Um, and But nobody was really listening to those. I tried a few other things, and, and still nothing really caught. And I, I was actually planning on letting this podcast subscription expire and just kind of giving up on it. And keep, just keeping the Stories for Kids podcast, but letting this one go, because uh, nothing was working. So I got into the AMC movement, and, you know, it, it could be very stressful. And there's a few people I talk to about it. My wife constantly, much, I'm sure, to her annoyance, you know, because it seems like all I talk about is AMC. Um, and then, my you know, my brother, I talk to him about it because he's an investor. But uh, a few other people that I would, you know, talk about it, they, you know, they either sold it early or they don't have, the, they don't see it the same way I do. Um, so I didn't really have that many people to really, really talk about it with. So I, I got the idea like, hey, you know, why not do a podcast about being an AMC investor? Now, listen, I don't know anything about stock market. I don't know anything about investing. My experience with that is very limited. So I can't compete with, you know, Trade Trades, Matt Kors, Mast Investor, you know, Claybro. That's not what I do. And I don't want to get up and, you know, be a clown for people, right? Um, and be like a pure hype man. And I said, well, what can I, what can I do? And I thought, you know what? I'll just, I love, I love listening to podcasts. I listen to, um, you know, The Daily. And uh, there was a great, The Winds of Change was a great podcast um, about the Scorpion supposedly working with the CIA to uh, record the song Winds of Change to help bring down the Soviet Union. So, but it was told in parts, and it was like a 10-part or 12-part. And also, the there's a great, I think it was one called Blockbuster, which is about, the first season was on George Lucas and Star Wars and Steven Spielberg and Jaws, I think. I think it was that one. But then the second season was Jim Cameron and do, you know, doing the Terminator films in his career. And I really love those. And they, they, they start in parts, and there's like 10 or 9 parts to them. And you can listen to the story from, you know, beginning to end. And, you know, it's it's sort of encapsulated in that podcast. And I thought, you know what, why don't I do that with being an AMC investor? And I'll start it with part one, which, you know, was telling about my experience with Facebook stock. That, hey, you know, Facebook stock was going it come out and it was, you know, got had a lot of hype. But then it got dogged and it was down to 20 bucks a share. And I thought, hey, maybe I should buy some of this Facebook stock. And I bought 30 shares. And I always regretted not buying more because a year later it hit doubled. And even then my wife was telling me to buy more. And I said, why would I buy it now? It already doubled. Why am I going to buy it now, right? Of course, it just kept doubling and, and going up in value. And that $600 investment, you know, years later was worth $9,000. And if I had put significant money into it, which I had, it was just, it was in mutual funds or um, and other stuff, if I had, you know, redistributed it a little bit and been more aggressive on my Facebook buy, who knows, I could have got at least six figures or more um, added to my retirement in that Roth IRA. So that's how it starts. And then talking about, you know, 
witnessing that you know GameStop in January 2021, and then AM, finding out about AMC in May 2021, and, and so on. And then at a certain point, I stopped looking backward and was starting to record in real time. Each podcast episode would be that day. But I still thought like it would still only be you know, 10, 12 parts. That's why I called each episode a part instead of an episode. That this isn't, the podcast isn't, you know, necessarily daily updates on the stock or projections or DD or technical analysis. That really is just my feelings and experiences being an AMC investor. And then, and then I, you know, talk about my life and other experience is, as well. So, but a funny thing happened. Um, people started to listen to the podcast and download the episodes, and I can see that. I can check the analytics and see where it's at, and it and it and it rose. It used to be at sixteen thousand, right? And it's currently like, um, let me see. I'll check the ratings, right rankings, right now. So right now it is ranked three hundred and twenty-eight. Overall, and in pod and podbot or a, no podomatic podcast. That's not every podcast in the world. That's just people that use podomatic for their hosting for their podcast services. Um, so it went from sixteen thousand to three hundred and twenty-eight, and it's the number three podcast in investing, which is pretty cool. And that's thanks to you for listening, and I I really appreciate it. Um, so, you know, please keep listening. It's supply and demand. If, you know, if you keep tuning in listening, I'll keep doing new episodes. And I'll, I'll you know, we'll see what we can come up with. I, I tend to try to do one a day because, honestly, I love listening to podcasts. And when there's podcasts that I like and there's a new one, it makes me very happy that I'm glad there's a podcast and I get to spend time with, you know, a show or a person that I enjoy listening to. So, you know keep listening, spread the word, you know, if you could share on Twitter or on your Facebook, or if you're in a, if you're an AMC stock group, anything like that to keep these numbers growing, that helps me, that encourages me to keep doing more shows, trying to make it better, expanding it. That's what I'm thinking about now. And that's what this podcast is about. It's like, well, what's the future of this going to be? And I was talking to my wife about it. And I said, you know, I don't have the technical analysis or the experiences that like these other you know YouTubers have, but I said you know the one thing I do have is there's millions of you know investors. This is probably their first big play, and it could be their last big play. That if they get a big score out of this and what they've experienced with the market, they may not do a lot of investing after this. They're going to take their money, maybe make some a few safe investments that you can invest and then, you know, set it and forget it, right? Just let them go. You're not going to be checking the ticker every day on them. So if your show is based on technical analysis and predictions and stuff like that, and the, the mother of all short squeezes happens and that's it and you sell all your AMC stock, why would you – and you're not going to be a, you know, an, an, you know, doing day trading and swing trading in the future. Why would you listen to these other you know, podcasts, right? Maybe you like the people or maybe you keep going. But it's not with the same urgency as before, before the mother of all short squeezes, right? So I said you know, maybe one of the good things about this podcast is – 
the mother of all short squeezes may happen, but that won't be the end of the AMC stock story. The, well, what happens to all the people that you know made a lot of money? What do we do? Where are we at? What do we do with this newfound wealth? Um, what do we do as a group? I said, that, that story is going to keep going on. So I think there's a possibility that there could be life for this podcast after the mother of all short squeezes that kind of like think about World War II, right? You have all, you know, the big war and you have all these people from, you know, all walks of life all coming together to, to fight this World War um, II, all right? Well, then, you, you know, you have the, um, the, you know, victory in Europe Day, victory in Japan Day. You know, peace treaties are signed. We form the, you know, the United Nations. And, uh, yes, we have the Cold War and a few other little wars. But we never have that huge world war again, right? Which is awesome. Um, but the soldiers, you know, their story didn't end with the end of the war. They came home. They, you know, started the baby boom, the, the 50s, the suburbs. The, and then, you know, as they got older, there's still a group. There's there's still that need for connection, I think, in the in in the relationship you build with people that go through a journey, a struggle, a battle with you. Um, there's a bond that's created when you share an experience with another individual that is unique to your experience. Um, I'm sure veterans feel this, people that have been in war, you know, they have a special bond, I imagine. Um, I, I know I've experienced some things in my life, <clears throat> and, it, and, it, and it creates a bond with other people. You know, whether it's, you know, say going to college, you know, I went to the University of North Carolina. If I meet somebody that's either from North Carolina or maybe they went to the University of North Carolina, that's a special bond. Like you, you wonder, you know, you understand things. Um, you know, it's funny, even if in our big rival in sports is Duke, right? And if I meet someone that's you know, as a Duke fan, or they went to Duke, you know, yeah, there's that, you know, rivalry feeling you have for them, but there's, there's also that special feeling like, hey, we know what we got, you know, we, we have one of the best rivalries in, in sports, certainly in college basketball, um, but we're right up there, Yankees, Red Sox, Carolina Duke, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, there's a, you know, a few of these, you know, USC, UCLA, um, these special rivalries and historic rivalries, and it's like, hey, we're we're a part of that. We have that in common. We cheer for the different different sides, but you know, we do have that. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. Um, I'd like to keep doing a podcast a day. It really depends on time and bandwidth. Um, I usually do them at night after my kids are asleep. I either you know, stay up late or I wake up early to do them. Um, and right now, it works out with my work schedule. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that's what the future is, that, yes, we'll be here. Let's, let's have the mother all short squeeze. But you know what? I'll, hopefully we can still be there and we can talk about what it was like to be an investor, what's going on now. And then maybe this is just a place we can get come back together and hang out and talk about things. So try to expand, you know, these these things. I like, listen, you know what I like talking about. I like talking about movies, like talking about history, um, innovation, anything like that. Those are the things that I, I really like. And um, I'm also a political animal. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to be fair, and I'm going to try to keep a lot of politics out of this. The only thing I will say, you know, as an American, 
is, I've, and I've said this before, we have more in common than what divides us. And I've, I've said that, and I'll keep saying it, and that, that the FUD that we know so well as AMC investors that that's created we well we think who creates this fud it's the hedge funds it's you know all these people that are against us that create this fud and try to divide us and and get us distracted that goes on in politics as well and i'll say both sides fine i'll both sides it but i i tend to have an issue with one side more than the other um and i think that's unfortunate but we have more in common than what divides us. And if anything can come from this ape movement, I hope that's it, that we learn to work together. That, you know, let's be honest, whether you voted for Joe Biden, whether you voted for Donald Trump, we both could be apes. And we don't know that about each other, right? We have one common goal. And then every once in a while, someone will, you know, post something political. I'm like, oh, they feel that way? That was, you know, that's my ape brother, my ape sister. And, um, you still have that in common. Well, guess what? You know, you know. There's another thing we're a shareholder in called the United States of America, and you know that's that's your brother and sister too, and we have that in common. And um, I hope we don't lose it. Uh, let me tell you, you think it can't happen here? You don't think that can happen? We're we're not invincible. You know, there was a Roman Empire one time. There was a Russian Empire. You know, one time. Um, empires fall and and the influence that countries have can fall so we're not immune to it we had a civil war before and who knows what could happen it it's scary but i hope we don't get to that point that we really do have more in common but again i i'll try to you know stay away from that stuff and we'll, we'll keep it a place where you can come as an amc ape and we'll talk about movies talk about history anything and uh you know we'll maybe expand the show so obviously it's it's Monday. The market's closed, so there's not going to be a whole lot of of news. I was you know just kind of looking around. Um, I I worked the last two days to try try and make up for some of the investing I'd done during the week. Um, it's kind of funny, you know. Normally during the week when they're when the when um, the market's open, you know, I can I can work and then I check you know where the stock is at. And it's funny when when you know when it's closed or on the weekend, you just you just kind of work, <laughs> and you don't have that distraction. Um, but uh, anyway, but I am taking Labor Day off. Going to spend some time with the family and enjoy that before school starts. So I hope you enjoy your Labor Day. I keep saying this, you know, people fought to earn you that Labor Day, and think about what you're fighting for now, and uh, be proud. And hopefully one day. Maybe there'll be some reform in the stock market, and it won't be as corrupt as it seems to be right now. And they'll clean it up. And I think they they need to. I think if you you know again you, you read about Labor Day, you know people used to work seven day weeks, twelve hour days. Little kids used to work in factories. Go Google pictures of little American kids working in factories. It it was terrible what these people will do. In fact, I read a tweet. And it it still talked about just like. The, I th I, the tweet said the two richest people in America have more wealth than the bottom 40%. Think about that. That's what, that's what the tweet said, that the two richest people in America own more than the bottom 40% of Americans. 
That's insane. And the crazy thing is they want more. They want it all. These hedge funds, they went after these companies and they wanted to bankrupt them. They just didn't want to make profits, right? They, they didn't want to make a profit. They wanted to bankrupt the companies so they could keep it all and pay no taxes. It's crazy. And these people were already probably filthy rich. They still wanted it all. Now, hey, listen, guess what? Guess who's also greedy? You know, <laughs> I, want it. I want my piece too. So I won't be a hypocrite that when the squeeze happens, I'm going to try, you know, diamond hand it on some of it, not everything. Like I said, you know, we, we, we have some bills we need to pay. We need to make sure we get those paid. But a lot of it is going to be diamond handed and we're going to try to get the most that we can get. But then after that, I don't know if that's the challenge that I'm going to face. It's a challenge every newly rich ape is going to have to face. What do we, what now? What now? It's funny, you, ever, you like finding Nemo with the, the fish escape at the end and they're, they're in the plastic bags of water and they roll out and they finally make it to the sea and they're floating on top of the ocean and they're in the plastic bags and one of the fish goes, well, what do we do now? <laughs> Imagine that. We all, you know, we hit the sell button at, uh, you know, 50K, 100K, 200K, whatever it is, and people make are now ridiculously rich. What now? What do we do with it? Do we just go buy Lamborghinis and um, go to Vegas? And do we not live up the promise of, you know, what what this movement was about? Holding on for the, you know, the 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 one X apes, the two X apes. And what about the people that just maybe couldn't afford to do it at all? What do you do for them, right? For whatever reason they missed it, whether they didn't know about it or they just couldn't afford to invest. Period. What do you do? You know, that's going to be the question a lot of us will 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 face. Um, and, or do we just become like the hedge funds, get greedy, and go after more? You know, like, hey, I've got this money. Now I'm going to invest it, and I want to double it. I want to triple it. And, you know, I just want more. I want a bigger house, and I want a beach house. And I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to buy up houses as investment properties, you know, fighting against, you know, families just trying to find a place to live. But for me, it's a good investment. You know, I can turn that around, you know. I know you want a place where your daughter or your son can sleep at night, have their own room. But, you know, me, I want to get paid. So, you know, I'm going to outbid you uh, because I can. What are we going to do after the MOAS? Big question. Well, that's, that's what we can come back to the AMC Stock Story podcast and talk about those things and what's going on. Um, so hopefully that's the future, that we'll have a future together. Uh, if you keep listening, I'll keep doing the podcast, and, and we'll see where it goes. Um, so thanks again for listening. Enjoy your Labor Day. And uh, after this, we'll be back. The market will be open. And you know what that means? The MOAS. And maybe that will be the next episode of the AMC Stock Story. <laughs>